Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Pitt basketball was winners yesterday at Georgia Tech. Panthers now have won two ACC games in a row, 72-64. to Bob Carrington, 19 points. Ish Leggett, 14 points. Jalen Lowe, 12 points in the victory. Duquesne beat St. Bonaventure. Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Joe Maurer elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame, class of 2024. Headlines, Proud Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. Welcome back to Cook and Joe Fan Twitter, brought to you by South Hills Kia, Peters Township. Visit them at southhillskia.net. Fan Hotline, brought to you by Edgar Snyder and Associates, a personal injury law firm where they always say, there's never a fee unless we get money for you. And the time right now, Ron, 11.07. Time to call Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman. Why pay 40% when you can pay 25%? Call 888-98-TWINS. Man, do I have some good stuff uh, for the rest of this show. Our friend Sully, the football Sully. Yeah, which Sully are we talking about? Had a little interview. We're going to talk about that. Who's next on Hard Knocks? A new first baseman in the NL Central that the Pirates should have signed. All of that, but right now, a mailbag. Ron begs for this every week. Oh, it's it's intergalactically red from here to Uranus. Rooney Berg starts out the questioning. Hi there, Dr. Starkey. I uh, see. A nice salutation. Very nice, nice greeting. Very nice, man. Hope you're doing well. Oh, even adds that on top of it. Is the Zach Robinson interview possibly a ploy to get Mason Rudolph to re-sign here? I feel the locker room is already on the Rudolph train. Perhaps the front office is as well. He's got a little conspiracy stuff going. He also might have a point, Ron, but I should say that Mason Rudolph has a has an interesting history with Zach Robinson. He reached out to him before the draft, and Zach Robinson became basically Mason's sort of trainer and quarterback Tony coach. Tony Rassi- what was the guy? What's Rassiope. That's, that's Kenny's Pickett's guy. guy, right? Yeah. So there's that's a there's a history sort of guy, there, right? Yeah, it would be it would be an advisor, coach, whatever. right? To bring in a guy like that with Pickett on hand when he's Mason's guy or was, right? So right. anyway, your answer to the question. Well, I mean, free agency doesn't start until like March. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to have the hire in place. I guess is this guy saying if they hire this guy, will that lead to Mason coming back? Yes. I don't know if that's a reason to hire the guy. I mean, uh, I want a guy who can be, you know, a f- clear thinker. Uh, you know, I want somebody that can run this offense. I'm not worried about making Mason Rudolph happy. I guess is my point. If 
your rationale for hiring your offensive coordinator is to placate and bring back Mason Rudolph, <laughs> then you have more troubles than we all think. I, I, I was trying to say that, but you said it so eloquently. Having said that, Zach Robinson is a very interesting candidate. He is. And if you did bring him in, that would add layers to this whole thing. Uh, it could be a very compelling little quarterback controversy. I'm not saying either one would be good necessarily, but it would be have some really nice storylines, Mason against Kenny, wouldn't it? Would be, for sure. Dave Fossick. Good morning, Joe. Another <clears throat> salutation. Anything from Johnny Sins in this one? I'll tell you in a bit. Dr. Cornfetters. Th- there might be. <laughs> After watching Green Bay dismantle Dallas and give San Francisco everything they could handle, do you think Aaron Rodgers regrets not signing with Green Bay? Resigning? No. no. I think he's happy to be in the media capital of the world in New York, New York. And um, I think the Jets have a good team if, if they get any kind of quarterback play. So I don't think he has any regrets at all. I think his time came in New in Green Bay and he moved on. I agree with every syllable and half syllable you just uttered, Ron. And I would add this, Jordan Love is better than Aaron Rodgers right now. Right I think now. if you asked every team in the league, even just for next season, who would you rather have? Love or Rodgers, you'd get 31 teams saying love. You? I think that would be the case. And Aaron Rodgers, he loves New York, even when he doesn't play. He's oh, he on the loves back the pages. attention. Yes. Know? More so than in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Jim Williams at Steeler Bean, he calls himself, Ron. Maybe Steely McBean, huh? Besides Eddie Faulkner, I can't believe I'm saying this, and Danny Smith, should the Steelers retain any of their coaches underneath Tomlin? Well, didn't that story come out yesterday that Terrell Austin is coming back as defensive And they're happy with Pat Meyer, Dulac said as well. And happy with the line, coach. Um, I'm okay with that. I I don't know about the defensive coordinator. I mean, it's just so hard for me to judge that defense this year because of all the injuries in the second half of the season. Plus, we all know that Tomlin has such a big say in it. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't know about, you know, bringing back the wide receivers coach or the running backs coach, I guess that's Faulkner. Um, uh, you know, they got it. The, the main hire is the coordinator and then see how it falls out after that. I think Pat Meyer did a good job with the offensive line. Um, I think it got better once Broderick Jones got in there. So I'm okay bringing him back. Yeah, me too. Um, when I look around at, you know, different areas of the team, I look at, let's say, the secondary. Joey Porter Jr. came along nicely. I look at the linebackers, even the inside linebackers. I thought they were good until all the injuries hit. Um, offensive line, I was fine with. I upgrade the talent a little bit in some areas, but I'm fine with the offensive line. And then... To me, like you said, the big the big hire is the offensive coordinator. The, the running backs coach, the tight ends coach, bring in an offensive coordinator. Go from there. The other ones are fine. O-line, I admit, you know, that's a big hire. But I think that Meyer did it. The Meyer hire, Ron. Did I, I think see he that, was uh, not that he's going to necessarily come back here, but Munchak is talking about coming back. I did see coaching that. Now, if I, could, if I could get Mike Munchak, then I move on from Pat Meyer in right. five seconds. Right. Right? That's the way it works. But in the meantime, I'm okay, and I'm definitely okay with the defensive coordinator coming back. It's Mike Tomlin's defense, Terrell Austin, those two together. 
They were top five in scoring defense in the NFL with no players half the time. Uh, they, they did fine uh, for the most part defensively considering what was happening. And they had no help from their offense. Ravaged by injuries, on the field all the time, never in position to just let loose with a lead, and yet they finished top five and gave their team a chance to win every week. Yet they get at least uh, uh, peripherally criticized by Tomlin for not creating turnovers in the plus side of the field versus the negative side of the field. That's still one of my favorites. That quotes. was unbelievable. They, they, the turnovers were good, but they weren't real beneficial. I've never heard more of an indictment of an offense than that <laughs> quote. I mean, that was yeah, incredible. TJ's interception in L.A. against the Rams was good because it gave us the ball at the seven-yard line. The ones that save touchdowns Anything aren't as this good. this side of midfield, even if it saves a touchdown in the end good. zone. We, we don't want those, or we don't love those. Frank Rayo. Now that the Pirates signed Chapman, do you think they start shopping Bedner around? That was what our friend Gormy the Owl was talking about. We talked about about that a little bit earlier. I don't think so. I hope not. Um, I I, I like a real strong back of the bullpen. I just worry do they have enough to get those guys leads. Did you see Mackey yesterday on with the PM team? They asked him, do you expect him to be here after the trade deadline? And Jason said no. Bednar? Chapman. Chapman. Oh. Uh, he said no, then he doesn't think they're going to contend then, right? That's kind of the way I took it. Was that the way you take that, right? <laughs> Absolutely the way I take it. Here's one, and I'd love for you to chime in on this one as well, City Limits. This is from uh, J.R. Duggar, he calls himself. Still, I'm waiting for Johnny Sins. How would you change the fumble in the end zone slash touchback rule, or would you leave it as it is? Peter King said yesterday he didn't care, but I'll tell you who did the Chiefs and the Bills, because it almost turned around the AFC title game. A lot of people believe that if you fumble in that area of the field, why is it so different from fumbling anywhere else? Why is the penalty so draconian? Do you like that word? That is a good word. Thank you, City Limits. Okay. Ron, would you keep this rule the same or not? I'd be interested in hearing a solution. What, what, what would you do? Eliminate it and the fumble just give it back to the offensive team at the two-yard line wherever he fumbled? Is that what you're suggesting? I'm not suggesting anything. No, I'm asking you for your suggestion. Oh, I'm not. Well, I'm not suggesting anything yet. Okay. I was hoping to get an answer from you, but Uh, but I think— I'm okay with it the way it is. You know, don't fumble the ball out of the end zone at the one-yard line. A lot of people think the 20-yard line. You still get the ball, but you have to move back to the 20. That's an interesting suggestion. Limits? I can't stand the rule. I can't just the, the pure punishment of it. And I understand just don't fumble was also part of the argument. I'd make it a 15 yard penalty back from the spot of the fumble. And then maybe a loss of down. I like the rule. I've put a lot of thought into this. The end zone run is hallowed ground. Do we agree with that? <laughs> it it's is very hallowed. It's not like Especially anywhere for else. The Steelers. It's very hallowed. It's, <laughs> it's not like anywhere else on the field. There is great reward for landing in the end zone, city limits. It's called six points. There's great punishment for being stuck in the end zone. It's called two points for the other team. It's not like anywhere else on the field. So if you fumble out of the end zone, well, I would suggest don't fumble near the end zone. Yes. That's my feel. You lose the ball and the other team gets it. You should be taking extra care of the ball right around the end zone. I got no problem with the rule. I don't either. I don't either. Don't fumble with the one-yard line. Thank you, Ron. Slothy Brafo says... Sloppy Brafo? Slothy. Slothy. 
slothy, lazy, maybe. Okay, probably. slothy, I yeah, got you. Yeah, yeah. Salutations, Joe, love the show. If you and Ron were a beer, which kind would you be and why? If you were a beer, Ron, what would you be? I don't know. I have no idea. Ask me what I drink. I, you know, free yeah, you and, can twist it into free that. Free and free light is always good. <laughs> is always good for me. But I'm a I'm a Stella and a Yingling guy. I'd say we're both Jenny Cream. That's what I answered. What's your favorite beer? City limits. I'm not a beer guy. Yeah. What do you drink? I like. I'm a liquor guy more than beer. <laughs> what do you drink liquor wise? I like rum and cokes. I'm simple. I'm a simple I went young to man. Gables once in Buffalo, Ron. And I drank jolt, rum and jolts, not Cokes, rum and jolts. And that was a very, very. Is that like very, an energy drink or something? Yeah, it's like, it's like, it's like some sort of atom bomb putting in your body. And I didn't just have one. Let's put it that way. It was a very, very bad evening. See, that's a bad question to ask you because you're a, a non-drinker now. Yeah. Well, not really. What kind of beer would I be? What kind of beer? An old Jenny cream. That's what we are, Ron. Let's face it. Uh, greetings and condolences, Dr. Starkey, says Crosslands 895. I can't wait to hear the condolences. Tough way for your boys to go out. Oh, I thought I was thinking of working with Ron. Uh, Wide right. Wide right, thank you. In your opinion, what would a successful offseason look like for the Steelers? How about that, Ron? It's an easy one. Get a get a good coordinator and a good quarterback. <laughs> exactly. That would make it a good offseason for they ain't what getting, else they do after that, I'll live with. I again, I'm resigned to the fact that they are going. They are determined to find out about Kenny Pickett with a new coordinator. So, a successful off season, get a coordinator, get the right guy to run your offense, and leave him alone. As a bonus question, Ron, he says, if you could go back in time and interview any athlete, who would it be? Oh. Probably Babe Ruth. Interesting. One of the most colorful characters to ever play. Yeah. He would probably be number one for me. I think Muhammad Ali would be number one for me. Back in his prime. Shook his hand. But uh, uh, he would be great. I would love to talk to him. Now this one. From a man who calls himself. Wait, what is this? Rob Soltis. Okay, we'll go with this one. Do you agree with Ron that the Steelers should explore trading Watt? I guess that's a question for me. I said they should take calls, Dr. Soltis. Put it that way. They should take calls on everybody at this point, and if a team is willing to trade them two first-round picks, do it. That's what I say, Ron. You? Uh, I I lost trend there. Say it again. Trade who? T.J. Watt. I you know, Of course I said I would consider that. Yes. Um. Would I absolutely do it, depending on how high the picks were? I would probably do it, yes. Good evening, Joe, says bad company. By bad company and on bad company. (laughs) That's what he calls himself. Three different names. It's a little bit lengthy. Uh, Dealing in hypotheticals, who is one player that's not a quarterback still left in the playoffs that would be the best addition to the Steelers roster? You like that question, Ron? Ooh. Not a quarterback limits. But there is no limit other than that. Anybody you want, one player to add to the Steelers. You know what? I might go with Fred Warner. That's the guy that I chose, Ron. Fred Warner. They're such a tremendous inside linebacker, and they've been chasing that guy since Ryan Shazier. I'd say him or Donald. 
how explosive he still is. Donald's at this not point. in the playoffs anymore. Oh, still in the playoffs? Yeah. And he I, wasn't listening. Roquan Smith. Yeah, I said Roquan Smith. But I think Warner's better. At this point, I'm not sure. You know, how much longer is Aaron Donald going to play? I don't know, but he looked pretty good at the yeah, end. He did. I, li- I like both those inside linebackers. He's not Aaron Donald anymore, but he's, you know, top 10 at his position, I would say, for sure. Roquan Smith's a good call, too. How about Creed Humphrey in the middle of your offense? Yeah. Center. Maybe the best center in football now that Jason Kelsey's done or a gently used Chris Jones. May I interest you in that? City limits? Or anybody on the Baltimore offensive line, it seems. How about any of the any cornerbacks? Legarius Sneed would be the one I would choose. Yeah. That guy is incredible. And he's going to shut down whoever Baltimore wants to throw at him. What about Ward in San Francisco? He would be a wonderful man. How about Trent Williams as a little tackle in San Francisco, huh? Some good players left on those two teams. Lastly, Juice Springsteen. You ready for this one, Ron? Juice, not Bruce. Juice. Hello, Joe. What do you anticipate the over-under for the Pirates win total this year? I said Ron told me the number he saw, first number, was 74.5. 74.5. That's incorrigible. Worst in the division. Only six teams in baseball, lower numbers. What do you make of that? I don't think people have any respect for them. The lineup. Now, this was before Chapman. Might it move in a game or two? Maybe. Um, I just don't think people look at their starting rotation as being any good or their lineup as being any good. 74 and a half. They won 76 last year. I think they're going to be better. My God, they maybe not much better. But I think they're going to be a 500 ball club. Uh, I don't, as is. See, as is. It's January 24th. Um, because I think schemes, they got a long way to go. Schemes. I think schemes can be an immediate star. Yeah. That's number one. I think O'Neill Cruz is a star waiting to happen. They clearly they have problems. I'm not predicting uh, a pennant championships, right. but seventy four and a half is low to me. Well, I would bet. I would bet the over. How about you, limit. You, you yeah, know, I'd go over too. Let's go down to the casino, and I will hold your hand while you make a significant wager on the Pirates over seventy four and a half. Okay, with your money. No, with your money. <laughs> last year was like, what, 65 and a half? Do we not Maybe think 68? they're going to be better than last year? They better be, or else they're going to be, be significant changes all over the staff. Man, that would be, that would, Shelty will get fired, or yeah. should, if yeah. they're worse than last year. You know, significantly better would be at least six games to go over 500. I don't know that I see them as being on an over 500 team. Well, they're divisional. I mean, I could see them get to 77, 78, yeah. something like that. Their divisional opponents have made some ads, including uh, Milwaukee yesterday, Reese Hoskins, who was out all last year. But, man, he's a slugger. I'd rather have him than the iconic Rowdy Telez myself. But they spent more. Two years, $34 million on Does Reese Roddy Hoskins. Does that other guy that they had, the heavy set guy? What was his name? Dan, Daniel Vogelbach. Yeah, yeah. Vogelbach, yeah. Let's get rowdy. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, you on board with that one? I'm not overwhelmed by that signing. It's going to be him and Connor Joe in a platoon. Not terrible. Maybe he regains his power, old rowdy, but I would take Reese Hoskins any day of the week. Oh, uh, and that deal isn't too bad either. What was it, two years and 32, I think it 34, was? 34, as I just mentioned. City limits. So, um, and there's bad. an out. That's a lot for the Pirates. There's an and out. The Reds the first have year. had a big off season, according to most experts, Ron, including Jim Bowden. So, I, I'm not 
again, I'm, I'm, I don't know that I see a 500 team. I see over 74 and a half. I do too. That would be a disaster. I'd bet what that. What if it's under? 74 and 88? <sighs> Sheltie won't make it past midseason run. Now, nah, our man Sheltie might be this, – this is – you know, and he's talking them up big too. You know, oh, we're going to be in the hunt. We're going to be a playoff contender. We'll see. I mean, it doesn't take much. All you have to do is be around 500 and you're a playoff. You just got to be in it. Yeah, in it, just on the bubble. And then maybe somebody helps you get in and then you get blown out in the wild card game and we build a statue for Sheltie. He does it 17 years in a row. Sheltie coming back this year? We haven't uh, heard anything yet, have we? I don't know. Maybe not after this segment, but I think so. <laughs> I think he's coming back, isn't he? I Dennis? haven't heard word. I would imagine so. Can you check with Craig? I will. Boss? Coming up, Noah Hiles, the Noah constrictor. I want to know Pitt's chances of getting into the tournament. I have now tuned in to Pitt Hoops, and I, as I said, I just think we're a better sports town when they are winning, and they've won their last two. Where are we headed here with Pitt basketball? The Noah Constrictor next on Cook and Joe, and you can listen to us every Wednesday. You hear about Starkey's Card of the Week from the Baseball Card Castle in Cranberry. Contests run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at the 937thefan.com contesting page. Let me tell you a little bit about my friend Gina Gianpetra. In fact, I'll tell you a little story. Kelly from the South Hills. You know, when it's time to sell your home, you want it done fast. You don't want to have to wait months to get an offer. Kelly says Gina made the whole process incredibly smooth. Her home was listed right away. Didn't take long at all for Gina to find a buyer. She was honest with Kelly up front, told her what a fair listing price would be. And she knew, of course, because she's so familiar, experienced with Pittsburgh. Kelly's got another home to sell now. And, of course, she says she's going with Gina because she was so helpful, so good at this the first time. Gina will sit down with you. You can't lose. You agree on a price and a deadline. Deadline passes. Home isn't sold. Gina will have it bought and turned into a rental. Gina offers a no-obligation guarantee as well. She doesn't do her job at any point. You're free to get out of the contract. Call the only agent I would trust if I needed to sell my home in Pittsburgh. Gina Giampetro of Remax Select Realty, 724-602-9752. Google Giampetro of Remax Select Realty and look up GinaWillSellYourHome.com. That's GinaWillSellYourHome.com. After beating Duke on Saturday, Pitt basketball has won two games in a row. Georgia Tech the victory last night, 72-64. to Bub Carrington, 19 points, six rebounds in the victory. Penguins still seventh place in the Metropolitan, 48 points. That's five out of a wild card spot. The Pens return home, PPG Paints Arena on Friday against Florida. Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Joe Maurer, the class of 2024 who joined Jim Leland to be inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. For more fan headlines, go to 937thefan.com. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Ron, let's go out to the fan hotline again, presented by Sullivan Super Service, Pittsburgh's trusted plumbing and HVAC provider for over 50 years. And on the fan hotline, we find the Noah constrictor. Mr. Noah Hiles of the Post-Gazette covers pit basketball. And I have a very simple question for him. He's, are you on your way to Miami? First of all, that's my first question. Is that where you're headed? No, I'm, I'm heading back to Pittsburgh, and then I fly into Miami on Friday. So Lucky you. Quick, yeah, going back and forth. Well, here's my question. Does Pitt still have a realistic chance to make the NCAA tournament? What needs to happen? Realistic, my word. I mean, really, like there is an actual path, but they need to be near perfect for the rest of the regular season. Just looking at the ACC right now, Joe, it has to be a lesser valued league than it was last year. And I know how much we talked about mm. how the ACC's perception in Ken Palm and the net rankings hurt Pitt last year while it was a bubble team. I mean, this is a team that, I mean, the harder part of its schedule is almost over, uh, but it, it's still. It's, it's still toward the bottom of the pack right now, and it's in a conference where, with the exception of three teams, pretty much everyone else is fighting for what its postseason will look like, be it the NCAA tournament or the NIT or even the CBI. Uh, teams like Miami, Virginia, Wake Forest, uh, Syracuse. I mean, there, there's a whole bunch of question marks around a lot of the middle of the pack or even higher tier teams in the ACC standings right now. So Pitt really can't afford to stack any more losses because there were no impressive non-conference victories for this team. And honestly, I mean, it, it, it only has one legit win that's going to provide any sort of value for a resume. Yeah, and here's the problem. None of the teams they face the rest of the year are currently ranked. So they have 12 games left. Give me a number. What do they have to go? 10-2, and 11-1 the rest of the way to even be in the conversation? Or else they're going to have to win the ACC tournament. Yeah, I think I think eleven and one gets them into a, a serious spot in the conversation um, because I mean they they still have some quad one opportunities uh, playing at Wake Forest, hosting Wake Forest next week, playing at Clemson. I mean those are three really big games, and you have to assume that some of these teams are going to find their footing. Maybe a Virginia Tech who's looked decent as of late. Um, so there will be opportunities to add quad one and quad two wins. But the importance is to not only add those, but to avoid any ugly losses. And uh, even that, Joe, like I said, 
you're looking at a, a team where they're going to be judged for what they did in the conference schedule, and the conference is not respected, aside from Duke and North Carolina and maybe Clemson a little bit. So I would say 11-1 and one gets them in a pretty solid spot. 10-2 and two or worse, you're looking at, I think 10-2, and two, you're still in the conversation, but you're going to have to make a deep run in that ACC tournament to really solidify any chances. All right, tell us about the scene at Duke the other night, what it was like before the game, during the game, and then certainly after the game when Henson jumped on the scorer's table and kind of gave the students the business. What did you think about everything that you saw at Cameron Indoor Stadium? I couldn't believe it. I mean, I I rode down there and talked with Chris Carter about it, and neither of us expected that to be a relatively close game at all. I mean, Pitt matches up horribly against Duke. I know the Blue Devils had a couple of injuries, but, you know, when Duke has a starter out, he's replaced by a five-star freshman. So it's not like they're having a total drop-off in talent. The atmosphere was nuts, um, but it, to me, the moment where it really clicked that it's like, okay, well, they might actually win this was, I mean, Pitt started off hot, and we've seen them open up on big runs against other teams. But Duke responded with, I believe, a 16 or a 13 to two run, and right after that run, the Panthers board, I, I think, responded with like a 7-0 run to retake the lead. And that's when I thought, okay, well, they're counterpunching here. And then when the foul trouble started happening early in the second half, the Henson technical, they didn't get disheveled. They 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 remained locked in. They got huge efforts from guys that they've needed more from this year. Guys like Henson, guys like Fetty Federico. And uh, it was impressive to see this all unfold because that's kind of the more than not this year. As far as the ending goes, I mean, I I just started recording. I just wanted to see what the celebration would be like when they pulled off this upset because the first time they'd won there since 1979. It's Cable's first win there. Uh, I I, I was confident something was going to happen, but I did not anticipate Blake Henson jumping on a scorer's table 20 yards down from me. And uh, the reaction was incredible. It's one of those things that, you know, when you look back on your career 30, 40 years from now, I'll I'll point that one out. Just seeing all that chaos unfold was truly remarkable. I loved it when he jumped up there. How did Capel feel about it? He didn't. Uh, He wouldn't say that he didn't love it, but uh, Blake Henson talked about uh, on the – AC, on ACC on the ACC network, how Jeff didn't really find that necessary. But I mean, that's, that's gonna happen. <laughs> and, boy, he played at Duke and he coached at Duke. I I can't yeah, imagine he think, liked that. Yeah, and, and you know, but I think at the end of the day, if there's one guy who's gonna get away with doing it, it's him. I mean, this is his team, and you could tell early on in that game, just looking in his eyes, sitting courtside. I mean, that was the most determined I've ever seen him, and he plays with a lot of passion every single game. But just the way he was interacting with his teammates, the opposition, the crowd, he was he was locked in. And, and I knew – I had a feeling some sort of fireworks were going to take place. And, you know, and to his credit, I mean, he wasn't trying to, like, start a fight or anything. He just stood up there and looked down on him. And, you know, how many guys even get an opportunity to do that at Cameron Indoor Stadium? And that's something that Pitt fans will remember forever. Capel, sure, he didn't necessarily love it. But I think after a game like that, a performance from a player like that, you learn to live with Noah, how about, you know, you mentioned the two starters for Duke were out, two really good players, and I know their bench is deep, though. Will, like, the committee hold that against Pitt when they evaluate that win? 
I don't think it will a ton. I mean, it just depends on – I think if it has additional wins to go off of it to show that, hey, like if, it, it could also win in Winston-Salem. It could also win at Clemson. Um, you know, if that's its only real notable road win, I think that, yes, that caveat will be brought back up. But, I mean, Jeremy Roach and Mark Mitchell weren't the guys that were hurting Pitt. The guys that were the problems were still on the floor, primarily being Kyle Filipowski. And they, they beat him up good. I mean, he didn't make a shot until three minutes left in the first half. And the impact was minimal. I, I know he came on at the end. He still finished with 19 points five rebounds, but those numbers are a lot lesser than what he typically does against this team. So I think that's something that will be noted, I guess, but I still think I mean, going to Cameron Indoor, losing four of your last five, if that's a point in time where you can look back as a rallying point for Pitt, then I don't know how much the injuries will be associated with that win. Noah, we appreciate the time, man. Thank you. Enjoy Absolutely, Miami. Enjoy Miami. I will do. See you, buddy. See ya. Ron, what happened to ACC basketball? I mean, this is... Last year, I was resistant to the idea that there had been major slippage. This year, it's undeniable. What the hell Who happened? Who did we have on last year that said that one of those, you know, the the uh, bracketologist, it was a Jerry Palm? Yeah. Yeah, it was Jerry Palm who said basically the league stinks. Yeah. Right? Didn't he? I mean, he flat out said yeah. it stinks. And now, other than Duke and Carolina and maybe Clemson, it's worse. I mean, I'm looking at a story in the Raleigh News and Observer. Uh, there was a time not all that long ago when the ACC carried a certain kind of mystique and gravitas when the mention of ACC basketball conjured positive meaning and envy. It was a lot of things to a lot of people, but universally it symbolized sustained greatness the cultural and competitive peak of the sport, although Big East loyalists might disagree. And I'm one of them. And what is ACC basketball now? What happened? Uh, I miss Big East ball, Joe. More than anything, I miss Big East ball. I, I don't think it even compares the ACC. I don't know. I, I mean, they all add, obviously added some teams, Pitt among them, Syracuse. It's just, I mean, but the, the bell cows always were Carolina and Duke, right? I mean, and they're still really good. Well, Maryland's has a rich basketball yeah, history. I mean, Virginia has a recent basket. I mean, Maryland has won a national yeah, title. Virginia won a national title too. You're right. Uh, it I, just I, all seems to have dropped off. I don't know. I, I don't know if it's cyclical, whatever it is. The three or four year college standout went all but extinct. They make that point here. Um, yeah, because it's a lot of it's one and done. But they're making a comeback lately. It says because of. Because of NIL, they can now monetize themselves. And there's the transfer portal and things like that. But it just seems to be the demise of a great basketball conference. It's sad to see. And, man, it just, it just feels like Pitt never fit. It never did. It never did. I think that's – Jamie wouldn't have been successful there. He was, he, you know, he was a Big East guy recruiting on the East Coast, you know, from New York to D.C., down that way. I mean, I assume you miss the Big East too, don't you? Oh my gosh, yes. I mean, it was so good, so competitive. Um, I, Pitt had to go for to get a home for football. I get it; they had no choice but to go right. to the ACC. Right. But it's not a good fit for Pitt. It just isn't. And other than the second half of last season, it really hasn't been any kind of a success for Pitt. It's unbelievable, really, to look at. 
you know, and yet you look at national champions and pretty recently you see Virginia, you see North Carolina, you see Duke, you see Duke, you see North Carolina, you see North Carolina, you see Syracuse, but they were back in the Big East. You see Maryland, you see Duke again. What's uh, happening to Virginia? I mean, I really like I that. I like that I don't coach. Know. Tony Bennett is a really good coach. Plus, you back in the day, back in the eighties and the seventies. Come on, you had NC State with Valvano. You had all those superstars, Dean Smith. Um, so many great, great players. One named Michael Jordan, <clears throat> I might remember. Yeah, with Sam Perkins and James Worthy and everybody else on those teams. I, I not so I guess much maybe now. diluted. Diluted must be part of it. It's going to be further diluted. You know, what's SMU going to add to the mix here? When are they I coming? I forgot Rob? they even were coming in. Are they? Pitt, I, I think, lose track. I think Pitt plays them in football next year, if I'm not mistaken. This is a disaster. It's a game you don't want to miss. It, the, Pitt has 12 ACC games left. I think they're all in the ACC. Not one of the teams they play is ranked. How is that even mathematically possible? Because Clemson isn't ranked? No. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, they've gotten, they've gone through the Dukes and Carolinas already. So, and I'm, you know, slightly depressed. I mean, from for him to say they got to go 10 and two, 11 and one, 11 and one for sure. 10 and two, maybe nah. they're not going to go. I, I I'll say it now. And I, I love to be wrong. I don't think they're going to go 10 and two the rest of the way. I don't think I'd bet on it, but they actually look really good to me right now. I think they are a team that's capable of a run. I do. I think they're very talented. I think it took a little bit longer for this team to come together. Last year's got hot right sort of out of the uh, well, non-conference. If Henson is shooting well, they can beat a lot of teams. Yeah, but a lot of nights he's not. A lot of nights. What was he, 4-17 or one game? I mean, they have an ago. NBA player in Bub Carrington, I think. He's an NBA player. And I think that – I think I do. I think they're talented. I think they're talented enough to make a run, but they put themselves in a horrible position. Yeah, and right last now. last year's team gelled so much better. This year's team is a lot more talented, but last year's everybody knew their role and had a fit specifically with all the transfers and guys yeah. that graduated last year. It it, it just worked. Six man of the year, Sabandi. The, the roster was maybe not deeper, but this year's is more talented. I agree. Last year's team hit hit rock bottom almost right out of the gates. They were one and three, and then they reeled off a bunch of wins, and they were eleven and four and four and zero oh in the ACC. They beat number 25, North Carolina, number 11, Virginia, in a row. So then you're off. Then you have a cushion. This team has no cushion. As he said, no no good wins in the off. I mean, they were 12 in, in and three. conference schedule. Right. They were 12 and three um, in, in the ACC at one point last year. 12, remember, we were talking about the possibility of an ACC title until they lost three of their last four. So we'll see where that goes. It's very, very sad right now for me, but I still think there's hope. All right, Ron, I mentioned that our friend Sully, the football Sully, has an interview in the NFL now that the Steelers say he's not coming back. And Ed Bouchette, our old friend, and I'm not using the word old to mean Ed is old, but he is old. He is old. He's very, very old. Had quite the reaction to a suggestion on Mason Rudolph's next contract. Why don't we play those two things for you or talk about those two things next. The 50-minute mark on the fan brought to you by South Hills Chrysler Jeep Dodge Route 19, Peters Township. Celebrating 50 years in the South Hills. Listen to Cook and Joe every Wednesday to hear about Starkey's Card of the Week. 
From the baseball card, Castle and Cranberry, a Roberto Clemente card today from the general, Jeff Patton, at the baseball card castle. Contests run every Wednesday through Friday at noon at 937thefan.com contesting page. I will also answer this question in the noon hour. Who's next on Hard Knocks? There's only three choices for the NFL. And we'll dive now, in. if the Steelers had missed the playoffs, they would have been eligible, right? I think without, without the right of refusal. Without yes. the right of refusal. We'll talk about all of that fan weather. 53 today, 90% chance of rain. Brought to you by Sun Chevy. 2024 starts with great incentives on the Trailblazer, Blazer, Equinox, and Silverado. SunChevy.com. After beating Duke on Saturday, Pitt Basketball has now won two games in a row, 72-64 against Georgia Tech. Bob Carrington, the leading scorer for Pitt yesterday with 19 points. Panthers Saturday at Miami, 215 on the road. Headlines, powered by Bowser and Genesis of Monroeville. Now open for more. Go to 937thefan.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.